if we would have said that through four games of the season, one division would have a 4-0 and team and two 3-1 and teams, you probably would have assumed I was talking about the AFC West. Well, it's not the AFC, and it's the East Coast that has our attention, because that's exactly what the NFC East has going on right now, led by the 4-0 Eagles. That's the focus of today's TDN Daily. Welcome into the Monday edition of TDN Daily. I am your host, Chris Schubert. Hope everybody had a fantastic weekend and enjoyed all of the football action. We are going to get in to those 4-0 Philadelphia Eagles and the rest of the NFC East. But first, got to tell you about the sponsor of our podcast, and that is Bet Online. Football is back, and Bet Online remains the number one source for all of your football betting needs this season. And over there, you're going to find the latest odds, you're going to find the matchup info, you're going to find player news and game trends. And they are your continued source for all of your sports wagering info. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live sports, and giveaways all season long. They are always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like Major League Baseball. We got the playoffs starting on Friday, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head on over to betonline.ag to join, and you're going to receive a 100%, that's right, a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. And how do we not start with those Philadelphia Eagles, the 4-0 Philadelphia Eagles of the NFC East? And you know, I, I've said this to other members of the TDN staff in talking about the, the NFL season, and, and it does feel as if week in and week out over the course of the 18-week season that we have 18 mini-seasons. And what I mean by that is every week that goes by, it feels like fan bases go through the entire roller coaster, the ups and downs, the twists and turns between Sunday and Sunday when their team plays, or Sunday to Thursday, or Monday to Sunday, whatever the case may be for your team, it feels as if now, in today's world, that we go through those roller coasters of a season just in between games. And the NFC East is certainly one of those divisions that if the season started and you would have told me, hey, Chris, through the first four weeks of the season, here's how the standings are going to shake out. Here's how many wins all of these teams are going to have? I I wouldn't believe you. I would I would say you're a time traveler for some some other timeline that the Giants have a better quarterback and the Eagles have a passing game that is just prolific. I I would say all of these things because I wouldn't believe you. Yet here we are, sitting here on October third, in which the Philadelphia Eagles are four zero. They are the top team in the NFC East. They are the top team in the NFC, and right now they are the top team in all of the National Football League. They are 4-0. They're the last unbeaten team in the NFL. They are the only team that can threaten those 72 Dolphins and their undefeated season. They are the last hope for anybody who wants to see that record go down this year. The Philadelphia Eagles. Not the Kansas City Chiefs. Not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Not the Green Bay Packers. Not the Buffalo Bills. Not the Miami Dolphins. No, the Philadelphia Eagles are the last unbeaten team. And while that statement in and of itself might shock you, the Dallas Cowboys and New York Giants are both 3-1. and one. Dallas has done so without their starting quarterback, and the New York Giants are doing so without much of anything offensively, other than Saquon Barkley, and we'll get to him a little bit later in the show. And the reason why I wanted to focus on the NFC East today is, one, because it has the best team in football, statistically, based on wins, the best team in football, the Philadelphia Eagles. 
And I think it's so fascinating to talk about the two teams that are directly behind the Philadelphia Eagles and how realistic their starts are and how realistic this entire division is so far through four games. And we can extrapolate that out over the next 13 games that those teams are going to play. No other division has this many winning teams in it right now. All of these teams above 500, those three teams that I mentioned. The Washington Commanders, no offense to the Commanders fans of the TDN Daily Podcast or any of the TDN properties. This is not going to be a good show for you. We're talking about your rivals, and I don't know how much you're going to come up other than being on the other end of these teams' success so far through four games. But let's start with those Philadelphia Eagles because I think the game on Sunday was a huge test for this football team. And you may say, Chris, they played the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday. How is it a huge test? Well, when you look at the Philadelphia Eagles and the way that they started the year, yes, they were 3-0. Yes, they went into this game as the last unbeaten after the Dolphins lost on Thursday night to the Bengals. They had done so by beating the Lions in close fashion in Week 1. They beat the Vikings, who at the time were coming off their impressive victory over the Green Bay Packers. And then they beat the Commanders 24-8, and 24-8 is giving the Commanders too much credit for how much the Eagles dominated that football game. But you don't look at that and to steal something from college football and the playoff committee and the BCS. You don't see a marquee victory there. You don't see a, a real tough game, a game that you wouldn't think that the Eagles were favored, especially with the talent that they have on paper. Jalen Hurts entering year two as the starting quarterback for this team. You look at all of the offensive weapons. A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard in the passing game, Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell in the running game, along with Jalen Hurts in the running game. You look at what they have on defense. You think, okay, I'm not surprised that this team won these three games. But in came the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, and yes, the Jags are a team that picked first overall each of the last two seasons. They are a team that is on the ascent. But they're a team that has been extremely competitive in all of their games. They came into this game 2-1. and one. They came into this game leading the AFC South. They were a team to be taken seriously. They have a head coach who game plans extremely well in Doug Peterson. Philadelphia Eagles fans are probably familiar. Guy won you a Super Bowl as a head coach. So you knew he was going to have that team jazzed up to play this game. Game meant a lot to him coming back to Philadelphia, the place where he found his success as a head coach and found himself a championship. And so you knew they were going to be up for the ta- up for the challenge. Were the Eagles going to be up for the challenge? Were the Eagles going to be able to take care of this Jags team at home? Well, it didn't look like ultimately it was going to be the case, and I thought this podcast was going to start differently. If we would have done this podcast at the end of the first quarter, if you ask me, Chris, what was going to be the top storyline that you were going to focus on the TDN Daily Show, we were going to have a very serious conversation about the 3-1 and Jaguars who just went into Philadelphia, the, the team that everybody thinks right now is the best team in the NFC. They put up 14 in the first quarter, punched Philadelphia right in the mouth, said, we're going to come into your building with your, your old head coach. We're going to go up 14 nothing. We're going to run away with this one. We're 3-1. and one. We're the team that should be taken seriously, not the Philadelphia Eagles. That's how I thought we were going to start. That's how I thought this was going to go, especially when they start 14 to nothing. But the Philadelphia Eagles responded. And how, why did they respond? Because, boy, are they talented up and down the board. They had a pedestrian day passing from Jalen Hurts, 16 to 25, 204 yards. And I'm not going to read all the stats out to you here during the show. You guys can look those things up. But I think it's important to note that they had a pedestrian day in the air from Jalen Hurts. They had a pedestrian day on the ground. He got into the end zone, but only 38 yards. Miles Sanders was huge. Kenneth Gainwell was huge. And when you have the talented receivers of A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, and Devonta Smith, you just wear people down. You just wear teams down when you can do all of that offensively. 
when when a defense lines up against you, they have to factor for Miles Sanders in the backfield, for Jalen Hurts running the football, and oh, by the way, if we're running a pass play, we have a fantastic receiver in A.J. Brown, we have a former top 10 pick in Devonta Smith, and we we have one of the best pass-catching tight ends in the game. That is what you have to game plan for as an opposing head coach. And the Jacksonville Jaguars found out real quick. They had a 14-0 lead, and it was erased like that. A 20-point second quarter, and that was all she wrote. And so the Philadelphia Eagles sit here at 4-0, the top team in the NFC. And folks, if you haven't, I ask you today, when you get home, when you have your lunch break, or you have some time at the office today, take a look at the Philadelphia Eagles schedule for the remainder of the season. Play the win-loss game. Tell me how many wins you think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to have. Because I can hit, I can sit here confidently today, Monday, October 3rd, and tell you, there's a pretty good chance the Philadelphia Eagles might go into the month of December with only one or two losses. Now, it's football any given Sunday. Any of the teams that they face between now and then could very easily beat them. And we may be having a different conversation in a couple of weeks. But as we sit here right now, October 3rd, go look at that schedule that has the Texans on it, that has the Steelers on it, who just made a quarterback change yesterday, that has those commanders who they already went into Washington and beat earlier in the year, that has the Colts on it, who... I know they beat the Chiefs last week, but boy, does that look like a rough team. Just take a look at the schedule and then look beyond that. They're a talented team. They're a good football team. Scored 115 points for the first four games of the regular season. That's impressive. But you look at the schedule, and the schedule also helps out a ton for this Philadelphia Eagles team. So we're going to play a game when we talk about all of these teams, and The Giants are coming up next, and we're also going to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to ask the question of, is this start for real? Is this start sustainable? Do we think that this can can hold? And while I won't say that I think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to go 17-0, I will not go that far as we sit here today. Do I think what we've seen over the first four weeks is for real? Absolutely. Do I think it's sustainable? Absolutely. They cause so much conflict for you defensively, It must be a nightmare to try to game plan to defend the Philadelphia Eagles. And it's only going to get better if Jalen Hurts continues to develop as a passer. If he continues the evolution that we have seen through the first year plus of his career, if he continues to become a better passer, they are going to become a juggernaut offensively if they aren't already. And you look around the NFC, I'm not super impressed by the Green Bay Packers. I'm not super impressed by the Minnesota Vikings. The 2-2 two and two Atlanta Falcons currently have a share of first place in the NFC South. The NFC West, are you all that impressed with what you've seen from LA, the defending champs? Are you all that impressed with what you've seen from Seattle, Arizona, San Francisco? The Philadelphia Eagles are the class of the NFC until further notice. There you go, I said it here on the show today. They're the best team in the NFC, they're the best team in football, based on record. But right now, the Philadelphia Eagles, the best team in the NFC, hands down. I don't think it's particularly close. Firing on all cylinders. Now you say that, and we're 11 minutes into the podcast, and I have to do the yeah, but here with everybody. Yeah, but they got two teams that are right on their heels. They got two teams that are 3-1 and one in their own division. We'll start with the Dallas Cowboys, who are 3-1, and, and you want to talk about an improbable 3-1. and one. 
Dallas Cowboys open up the season. They lose in the first week to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They rattle off three straight wins, and they do so without Dak Prescott. They do so without the guy that is supposed to be the linchpin of what they do, rightly so, and is supposed to be the reason why they are going to be considered a top team in the NFC this season, why they would be considered by some to be a Super Bowl contender. They don't have that guy, and they don't miss a beat, and they rattle off three straight victories. It's impressive. That's why it's sustainable. That's why you can sit here and say, man, the Dallas Cowboys could be for real. They're going to get their star quarterback back. They have the best pass rusher in the game right now in Micah Parsons. They have incredible offensive weaponry. They can run the football. They can throw the football. And the best player that they probably have offensively, they don't even have right now. They got the Rams and the Eagles coming up. And boy, oh boy, have I circled already. October 16th, 13 days from now, Sunday night football. Can the football gods gift us a 5-0 Philadelphia team and a 4-1 Dallas team two Sundays from now on Sunday night football? I certainly hope so because, boy, would that be fun because Dak Prescott, he's already kind of, we're kind of quietly talking about him potentially returning against the Rams, but it certainly feels like the Eagles is also on the table. Dak Prescott back for the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas basically at full strength. I know they've had some injuries on the offensive line, but for what they expected going into the season at full strength against the Philadelphia Eagles at full strength, that clash of Titans in the NFC East. Sign me up because, man, there have been some Sunday Night Football stinkers so far this year. Thursday Night Football, there have been some stinkers. I certainly expect a stinker on Thursday between the Colts and the Broncos. So boy, what I love, can I'm, I'm asking the football gods now, 13 days in advance, please football gods, the Dallas Cowboys are on Sunday Night Football, please give us a 5-0 Eagles team against a 4-1 Dallas team because that would be must-see football and there would be nothing else in the way for us to enjoy that. And so you got to feel really good if you're a Cowboys fan. I mean, Cooper Rush comes in as your backup quarterback. You were just hoping to limp to Dak being back at 500. Now, Dak's going to come back a little bit earlier than expected, or at least that's the current theory, which certainly helps the way this has gone down. But now add to that, you are better off than where you thought you would be. So we talk about Philly. We answered all those questions for Philly. Is what we've seen from the Dallas Cowboys for real? Yeah, absolutely. Cooper Rush playing out of his mind right now. They're not asking him to do too much and got to give credit. There's a lot of criticism that gets levied toward Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore at times. Got to give credit where credit is due. They are weathering this storm about as perfectly as you can. And they have not asked Cooper Rush to do too much. They've gotten extremely creative with the way that they've done things and it is leading to Ws. They're not pretty. It was not pretty against the Bengals. It was not pretty against the Giants on Monday Night Football. And it certainly wasn't pretty yesterday against the Commanders. But wins are wins are wins are wins in the National Football League. And right now those wins have them one game back of the Philadelphia Eagles and in prime position to get their quarterback back and be off to the races. Now it normally doesn't work that way. And I won't be surprised if a couple of weeks we come back and I have to say sorry to everybody about how highly I'm talking about the NFC East. But right now they're the talk of the National Football League. And Dallas is a large part because of what they're doing without... Dak Prescott and Cooper Rush has been absolutely incredible. So you got to feel really good if you're a Cowboys fan. You got to be circling that matchup in two weeks against the Eagles. You got a pretty good one against the Rams on Sunday, but you're also looking towards that Eagles game as, oh boy, that's going to be a lot of fun in determining who's going to win the NFC East and get a home playoff game later on in the year. And then we have all the way down here in third place, technically. 
we have the New York Football Giants, who also fancy themselves a 3-1 and one start to the year. They did so by beating the Bears on Sunday 20-12 to 12 in the follow-up to the Sunday night game between the Broncos and 49ers that set football back two decades. I think the Giants and Bears attempted their best impersonation of that game, and it was in large part because you had bad quarterback play and just Listen, the Bears are what the Bears are going to be this year. They have they have a tough time moving the ball offensively if it's not on the ground. And even then, they don't have a huge success rate on the ground. 149 yards on the ground in that game yesterday, only 174 in the air. They can't protect the quarterback, so it's tough moving the ball. They don't have a ton of offensive weapons. And then on the New York side of things, you have Daniel Jones, who has been better this year, but I don't think anybody would mistake Daniel Jones for a top 15 quarterback in the National Football League. But he goes out in this game. Tyrod Taylor comes in as the backup. He also goes out of this game. And you're already without Sterling Shepard. You don't have Kadarius Toney. Kenny Galladay's given you nothing all year. Wondell Robinson, your second-round pick, who's supposed to be a part of this new offense that you're building with Brian Dable and Joe Shane. You don't have him, so you can't really evaluate. But somehow you find a way to win. You got Saquon Barkley out there taking snaps as a Wildcat quarterback, and we're going to get to Saquon because I owe Saquon an apology for some of the things, some of the criticism I've said in the past, because he has been electric this year for the New York Giants. One of the big reasons why they're 3-1. and one. They have balance to their offense. I want to read to you some of the receivers for the New York Giants. You know what? I'm going to read you all of the receivers for the New York Giants on Sunday in that game. Daniel Bellinger, Tanner Hudson, Saquon Barkley, Darius Slayton, Richie James, Davis Sills, Kenny Galladay. Those are all the receivers that got targets for the New York Giants in a football game on Sunday in which they won by eight points. They won that football game with those guys getting targets. And no offense to any of those guys, but you go into the season for the Giants and you're thinking, okay, we're going to get an opportunity to evaluate our quarterback in Daniel Jones. We got a first-year GM who hired his coach in Brian Dable. We need to get an answer on are we going to move forward with Daniel Jones as our franchise quarterback. We have to answer that question by the end of the year. And what are we going to do? Well, we have Sterling Shepard who's coming back from an Achilles injury. We have Kadarius Toney, who is a former first-round pick from the previous regime. We have another former first-round pick in Saquon Barkley, who we have to get going on the ground. We have Wondell Robinson, who we selected in, in the second round of this year's draft. So we need to do a better job. Are these great weapons? Are they excellent weapons? No, but we are going to surround our quarterback with a little bit more talent. Hopefully we can get some more out of Kenny Galladay, and we can answer the question, is Daniel Jones our franchise quarterback? Well, now you've lost basically every one of those pieces that I've mentioned except Saquon Barkley. You're not getting Sterling Shepard back this year, and who knows what the long-term career outlook for Sterling Shepard's going to be. Kenny Galladay's given you absolutely nothing. Had one target in the game on Sunday. Didn't do anything with it. You don't have Kadarius Tony who's hurt. You don't have Wondell Robinson. Getting those two guys back will at least allow you to evaluate them. This was supposed to be an evaluation year for the New York Giants, and they have stumbled and bumbled around to being 3-1. and one. And they've done in large part because of their schedule. They stunned the Titans in Week 1. It's Week 1. You kind of just throw that up in the air of being able to game plan for a specific team and you can stun a team. And it's an impressive win, not taking anything away from it, but I don't know how much stock you can put into it. Then week two, they beat the Carolina Panthers, who can't seem to get out of their own way. They're not coached very well. They're not getting great quarterback play. A lot is going wrong down there in Carolina. Probably the biggest test on the schedule for the Giants was that Monday night game at home against the Cowboys, and they were competitive. They stayed in that game, and really that's all you can ask for as a Giants fan. You just want to be competitive. You want to be in these games, but you lose that game. So probably the biggest game on your schedule so far, you came up short. And now you bounce back against the Bears and you win on Sunday. 
But your next three games, Packers, Ravens, Jaguars. So three tough teams. Packers game in London, you have the Ravens come to you, and then you got to go to Jacksonville. Those are all really tough assignments for a team that wasn't expected to go a lot, to go very far this season. And so they're three and one. A lot of it is because of the way the schedule lined up for them in the first couple of weeks. This was their opportunities to get wins, specifically the Panthers and the Bears. I think you ask any Giants fan before the season, those would be the two games that they would have circled in the first half of the year as, hey, we can get these. We can steal some victories. And so you throw in a victory against the Titans, a bounce goes their way. Bounces don't go away against the Cowboys, and here they are sitting at 3-1. and one. But probably the best start you could have imagined for if you're Brian Dable and the New York Giants. But is it sustainable? Or am I looking at the New York Giants the same way I look at the Dallas Cowboys as I look at the Philadelphia Eagles? And you, you, can't, you can't sit here and honestly say that you do. You honestly sit here and say that, yeah, this is a great start. And yeah, this is giving Giants fans a lot of optimism. You might have won yourself out of an opportunity to draft a top-tier quarterback, but that's a conversation for another podcast on another day. You're inspiring confidence. You're winning football games. You're developing a winning culture. You have a coach who seems to be competent. Can't say so much for the last coach that they had. And so you're inspiring faith. You're inspiring confidence in your fan base that needs it over the way that this team has played over the last couple of years. That's fantastic. That's great. But is it sustainable? I don't know if Saquon Barkley is sustainable. They're asking him to carry the ball 31 times for 146 yards in yesterday's game. But Saquon Barkley has been the key to what this team has been able to do. He is back. I know I said earlier in the show I wasn't going to read you stat lines for all these games, but I want to read you the four games that Saquon Barkley has had this season. In week one, he immediately showed, hey, I'm back. 18 carries, 164 yards, and a touchdown on the ground. And he kind of goes backwards the next week against Carolina, but 21 carries for 72 yards. Okay. 14 for 81 and a touchdown in that loss against Dallas, and he wasn't the reason why they lost. And then yesterday, in which they didn't have any of the receivers that I mentioned other than Kenny Galladay, in which both of the quarterbacks go down, and at one point he's running the offense out of the Wildcat. He runs the ball 31 times for 146 yards. And so in a year in which you're supposed to evaluate the players that you have, you're getting a really good look at Saquon Barkley, and he's making it really tough for the decision that you have to make at the end of the year. So do I believe that the Dow- that the New York Giants are going to be able to sustain what they've been doing? No. Because I don't know if you're going to be able to get great quarterback play out of Daniel Jones because you're going to need him to make some throws. You're going to have to have balance. You're going to need to throw for more than 74 yards like they did. Excuse me, 71 yards from Daniel Jones. You're going to need to be able... You gotta have you gotta throw for more yards than that. And I don't know who you're gonna throw the ball to right now. So they gotta get Kadarius Tony back. They gotta get Wandell Robinson back. They get both of those guys back. Yeah, you can start to evaluate. Maybe you you can try to sneak some victories and you can be competitive and you you can base the Giants are doing what the Lions do. The Lions are in every one of their games and they 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 they're on the wrong end of the result. The Giants right now are in every one of their games and they're on the right end of the result. And I think by the time the season's over, that's gonna balance out and This is going to be tough to sustain for the New York Giants. Again, the schedule is really favorable to them in the first part of the season, those first four-game chunk. The next three, listen, they go out and beat the Packers in London on Sunday. I'll I'll, I'll come on this podcast and immediately eat crow as the Giants will be 4-1. We'll be talking about them the way I talk about the other two teams. I just don't think it's sustainable. But that doesn't mean you should be disappointed if it kind of goes by the wayside. You've, you've You've been in all these games. Your team's given you hope. 
you're getting some answers on some players, and you're getting yourself closer to at the end of the season being able to be able to make a determination on Daniel Jones, to make a determination on Saquon Barkley, and really evaluate the pass catchers that you have so you can really gauge where this offense is, where do we need to go from here. Because it's clear based on the list of receivers that I listed to you guys earlier that they need an overhaul at that position. They need to get playmakers in here. They probably need to get a new quarterback in here. So this is a work in progress. It's certainly an exciting work in progress right now, but not one that as I sit here right now, despite them being technically tied for second place and being 3-1 and one and being a team that is in a playoff position in the NFC playoff picture, not a team that I think by the time the season is all said and done, we will be talking about the way we talk about the Philadelphia Eagles and Dallas Cowboys. But boy, oh boy, did I not expect the first episode of the TDN Daily Podcast here as we start week four of the NFL season to be about the NFC East. But they are the only team that has three teams with a winning record. They have the last unbeaten team in football, and they have two teams that are shocking for different reasons. The Dallas Cowboys, because they don't have their quarterback, and the New York Giants, because they shouldn't have the talent on paper to be able to do this, but they are. So very impressive stuff from those three teams at the start of the season. And it's making it fun. It's making each and every week fun. And that's the beautiful part about this game is that we get the answers very quickly because there's only 17 of these. And we're four in. And so far, those teams have answered the call. Will they be able to do it for 17 weeks? Again, the beautiful part is we will get all of those answers by the time the season is over. That is going to do it for the Monday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. The plan for tomorrow's show is we got a mock draft over at thedraftnetwork.com. By the way, which you haven't, if you haven't checked that out yet, what are you doing? Pause the podcast right now. Head on over there and check that out over at thedraftnetwork.com. Brentley Wiseman had his version 2.0 of a 2023 mock draft. Hopefully, we're going to have him on the show to talk about one pick in particular, team that's picking in the top 10. That's all I will give you here. That is the, the hint that I will leave you with here on this Monday. The NFC East, man. Surprise so far through four weeks. I'm, I'm shocked that that's where we started this podcast, but yet here we are. Hope everybody has a great Monday. Talk to you guys tomorrow.